0: Is real. There's power in your name. We trust in your ways. We need to Jesus is
1: real. So the problem is, is that there's a shallowness there. So here's the thing if you have rocks. In the soil that you're trying to plant in, you don't need a rototiller or a jackhammer. You need almost like a gardening tool, right? Like a gardening pick where you're going on in there and and you hit that thing and you got to get that thing out of there. Why? Because the problem is not that the seed can't get in and bear fruit. The problem is that you can't get roots down really deep. Now, let's just be honest. Where are you shallow?
0: Pastor Daniel, we'll be telling you more today about the different types of hearts that receive the word of God. One of these is a heart that's excited to hear truth but has no depth and tends to fall away from faith as soon as opposition comes. Pastor Daniel will encourage you today to let Jesus dig deeper into your heart and let his seed take root. The tighter hold you have on your faith, the less likely you'll be to turn away from truth. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 13 as he continues his message, How's Your Heart?
1: All of us have the propensity for all four soil qualities, and in almost every day. Like we all want to be the good soil, but, and of course we're in church, I so was like, oh yeah, I got good soil in my heart. But Crossroads is a place for real people, okay? So the whole like, man, we are so spiritual, we always get everything right, yeah, that's not this family, you know? Because, you know, how many of you know if someone loves Jesus and they're being awful and because they love Jesus, they're the only one who doesn't realize that they're being awful? We all know this kind of situation? Well, so we can be that way. And, and if you've been in church long and if you're really good at justifying your awfulness with scripture verses, right? And so we, I believe we want to have good soil in our hearts, but for pretty much all of us, depending on the day, there might be one quality that is more prevalent, In any given day, you can display all four soil qualities. And if I look back over my life, I think you do as well, you'll find that different seasons, you have different qualities that are overriding for a season. Right? Where there might be a season where you're dealing... Actually, let me read you the parable, and then we'll start to see it. So look at this. Matthew 13, verse 1, says it this way. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house... And sat by the sea and a great multitude were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables saying, behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So in context, Jesus is out, and there are multitudes of people who want to hear his teaching. So he's by the water. So because all these people are there, Jesus gets in a boat and they pull the boat out a little bit in the water so that everyone can hear. And if you've ever been to a lake, right, and especially a smaller lake, you ever notice that if you're on one side of the lake, you can actually hear the conversation of somebody on the other side of the lake? Because a lake or water, especially still water, acts as a natural amplifier. Right, It's like the frequencies of a voice, it hits the water, and it almost gets amplified as it goes across. So Jesus was strategic. It was long before microphones and sound systems and all these things. He just got in a boat, he'd speak normal volume, and because of the boat and the water, all of a sudden this word would be amplified. And he began to speak to the people in parables. And he tells this story, a simple story, a story that anybody could have understood. That there's this sower, this person, is, he's planting seed... And it goes into one soil or another soil, and all these different things happen. And then he closes with, let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, at that point in the story, and if you were with us at our first message in this legend series, the disciples came and said, hey, so why are you talking to people in parables? Really what we found is that Jesus spoke in these parables, these stories, these legends, so that those who God wanted to know the truth would know it, and those who God didn't want to know the truth wouldn't know it. And then he went on to say that one of the problems is is that there are people who have ears to hear that don't want to hear. Notice how he ended that parable? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. See, really what's going on is Jesus said the reason people don't understand what I'm talking about is because they don't want to. And he's telling a story about when he, Jesus, speaks to people how certain things are fruitful and certain things are not. So this parable actually gets at the reality that the reason that Jesus is misunderstood in our culture is not because of a problem with Jesus, it's a personal problem. It's an individual problem. It's even so much as a cultural problem. So these four qualities or characteristics of a person's heart. So the first one, if you fast forward a little bit to verse 18, Jesus begins to explain the parable. Look at what it says. Verse 18, therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. Now, I'll say it this way, that you and I have got to be careful. You don't want to be hard hearted. Don't be hard hearted. This is the first quality or characteristic of the soil of the heart, the seed by the wayside. Now you think about the wayside. It's the place where everybody walks. Now imagine, if you've ever been on a trail, and I mean, we live in the Pacific Northwest, so all of you had, not if you haven't, you need to get out, right? There's lots of beautiful hiking that goes on, but if you go to a beautiful trail that's been well hiked, you'll notice that that ground is hard, right? It was one time, maybe all soft Soil that was prepared to maybe even be harvested or have a garden. But that thing was hard as a rock because it's been pressed down and pressed down. It's been stepped on over and over and over again to the point where that soil that could bear fruit is so compacted that when the sower goes to sow the seed, the seed sits on top. It doesn't get anywhere. There is no avenue for the seed to get within the soil to be able to bear fruit. And Jesus says, look. Anyone who hears the word of the kingdom doesn't understand it. Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is he who received it by the wayside. So here's the thing. One quality of the soil of your heart that you're keeping is that you could have a hard heart. And because you have a hard heart, God's word can't get in at all. You don't understand it. It sits on the surface. And you know what they call seed that's. On the surface, they call it food for birds. I remember when uh, we were, well, I wasn't doing it. I was learning about this. They were planting our, our grass at our house. And I remember they put all the seed down, and then they put this other stuff over. I'm like, what are you doing? What's this stuff over? It's like, oh, listen, we cover this up, because if not, the bird will just come eat all the seed. But this covers, so the birds don't see The birds don't really want to mess with this stuff. And so the seed can get in, so it can really, I'm like, oh, how cool is that? And I automatically thought of this parable. So here's the thing. For some of us, and this is no matter how long you've been walking with Jesus or not walking with Jesus. All of us have the capacity to have hardness in our hearts. A lot of times that hardness is formed by people stepping on it. People hurt people. And if you've had enough bad stuff go on, it's natural for your heart to get hard. Right Now, for some of us, hardness of heart looks in all different areas, that there's things that have gone on that just makes us hard. Maybe it was bad relationships or situations. Maybe people just did awful things to you, right? And it develops a hardness of heart. And the problem, of course, with hardness of heart is that there's no room for the seed to get in at all. The seed sits on the surface and is exactly what the enemy, the wicked one, Satan wants because the word of God can't get in and change you. It sits on the surface. It gets nowhere. Right? Listen to what the apostle Paul said, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 3 and 4. He says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, Paul's using a different metaphor. He's using light and darkness. He's using sight or blindness. But the idea is still the same. See, what Satan wants is to keep your heart hard so that God can't bear fruit in your life. So you have to ask yourself a question. Where and why is your heart hard? Where and why? Now, here's the thing. Oftentimes, we never ask that question. But can we be honest? If you're asking that question, it's not kind of a hard question to ask yourself because the reason that there's hardness there's real things there there's real things there that would cause that but here's the thing god is not interested he's not like your evil cousin who every time you did something wrong nanny nanny you got busted you know it's god wants you to understand where you are so that he can do the work he wants to do So when God is diagnosing the qualities and the conditions of your heart, God is not trying to make fun of you. He wants you to see where you are so he can see where he's going to work. So if you have hardness in your heart, right? God's showing it to you because if you think about it, if you wanted to take a trail that has been packed down by many people walking on it, if you wanted to break up that ground in order to be able to plant something beautiful, what do you need to use to get it done? Maybe a rototiller, a jackhammer. But here's the thing, for some of you, that's exactly what God is doing in your life right now. God has taken a rototiller to your life. He's using circumstances and situations, and it's hard, and it hurts. But the thing is, is God doesn't do that just to ruin your life. He does that because he wants to do something. He wants your life to be fruitful and the only way to be able to get seed in ground that is so hard is he's got to break that up and it's going to take some force. I have a good friend he's since gone home to be with the Lord and he lived uh, down in southern Oregon and his front deck would look out on this beautiful field and we would sit there and he was a bunch older than me and he was one of those people who really made uh, huge investments in my life and we would sit there we would drink coffee and we talk about things and he would always use this field as an example I'll look at this and look at that and i remember we used to always admire the field and then one day i went to visit him and that beautiful green lush field with the hummingbirds and all this it was completely brown and I'm like, what happened in the field? Like, man, they brought in all these machines. They rototilled the whole thing. And I was like, that's such a bummer. And he's like, well, we'll see what happens. So he said, and I came back about a year later and that vacant overgrown lot that was much more beautiful than the brown rototilled ground was a beautiful garden with all sorts of colors and fragrances. And as I thought about it, I'm like, oh, look at that. You take something that you think is beautiful, and God wants something even more beautiful, so he's got to rototill that thing. Turn that soil over, prepare that ground, so that he can plant exactly what he wants there. So listen, if you're here today, and you feel like God's rototilling in my life right now, it's not because he wants to leave it all mangled up. He's doing that to break up the hardness so that he can plant what he wants. Now, another reason hardness of heart happens, you get this from Hebrews chapter three, verse 13. It says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, notice that. Encourage one another today, lest any of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin listen for some of us the reason there's hardness in our hearts is because of sin decisions that you make that are in rebellion against god like let's just be straight up honest with you. some of you right now you are addicted to drugs whether you're addicted to street drugs that you pick up from somebody you know or pharmaceuticals that you pick up from the doctor that you're abusing that will create hardness in your heart Because it's an area of rebellion against God that is now taking root. And what it does is it hardens your heart. For some of you, for being just honest, the hardness in your heart is being produced by pornography. It's being produced by you choosing every single day to avail yourself to something that God says is not only dishonoring to him, but it's dishonoring to people and anybody who you know. Objectifying people, not seeing them as human beings created in God's image and likeness, but seeing them as objects of sheer desire, completely demeaning to God and another person. But it's creating hardness in your heart. Now, you take it from one end of the extreme, and for others of you, maybe you walk with Jesus, we are like, well, that's not you know, who I am. Deceitfulness of sin is because you're a gossip. But what's amazing is in church, it's like, it's not gossip. It's, hey, can you pray for so-and-so? Did you hear? Listen, I've been around church long enough. No matter if you've been walking with Jesus for decades or you're going to start following Jesus today, man, sin is so pervasive. I love when someone's like, oh, I'm I'm so humble. (laughs) Love that stuff. Or someone's like, oh, man, you know, you're in a prayer meeting. Lord, I asked you to pray for something. Lord, you know I'm not supposed to tell you, but I'm here with you. And, and before you know it, you just became the most dishonest. Someone shared their life with you, and you just put it out in a prayer meeting. Listen, if someone asks you to pray for something, you pray in your prayer closet with the Lord. You don't tell everybody else. Right? Or maybe you walk with Jesus so long, but your sin is that you're just super judgmental. You're like, so-and-so so immature. There's no more immature statement than to look down your nose at someone and say, so-and-so is immature right? But lifestyles given to that stuff creates hardness in your heart. Now, for some of us, our hearts may be completely hard. And other of us, there just might be some sections. And here's the thing that I want to encourage you. If even right now, if the spirit of God is saying, you got hardness right there because somebody hurt you, something went on, some area of sin, what I want you to do is to say, Lord, I confess that I have hardness here. And will you soften my heart, Lord? Because I want you to take the jackhammer of your Holy Spirit to that area of my life to break up all the hardness so that you can be fruitful in that area of my life. Does that make sense? And here's what I'm going to tell you. No matter who you are, we all got it. I'll be honest with you as a pastor. I don't know how many times I'm going say, hey, Pastor, how can I pray for you? I'll say, well, you can pray for me. I don't get a hard heart because sometimes I think it'd be easier to do my job if my heart was hard. I mean, what a sick thought, right? But you know what? It is easier in some ways. You know why? Because there's one of me, thousands of everybody, everyone's got their things and their issues and their things that they don't like that I do or this and that, and everyone's got an opinion. And for me, I feel it all. Someone comes, and like, well, I'm so upset with you because you do an altar call and my blood sugar drops. I'm like, well, drink a soda. Like, you know, <laughs> people getting saved. but, you know, the lights are too bright. The lights are not bright enough. And after a while, like, I'm just like, man, if I just didn't care what any of these people thought, it'd be easier to do my job. But then you know what the problem is? I don't care about anybody. And it's a sick thought to think I could do my job as a pastor better if I actually didn't care about anything. So I figure if it's going on for me in my role, it's going on for you in your roles in life, right? But the thing is, is the problem with hardness of heart, it's not fruitful. So you have to say, Lord, will you do a work in me? Lord, will you break up the hard areas of my life? I'm mean, going to tell you, if you've been married, if you're single, you've got hardness in, with relationships. If you've got kids, <laughs> I don't even need to talk to you. Or if you don't have kids, guess what? There's hard, it's Like it's It doesn't matter what the details are. The hardness is the problem. But God wants to break it up. So don't be hard-hearted. Now, the second type of soil, look at verse 20. It says, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a time for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. I'll say it this way. Don't be shallow. Don't be shallow. So this isn't the wayside that is beaten down hard. There's some good soil there, but there's also rocks there. See, the story is the seed goes in and it's able to take some root, but it can't get deep roots. Why? Because there's these rocks there. And so it immediately shoots on up and there's some fruit there. But right as the sun comes out, right, the sun is so much stronger and the fruit withers away. And Jesus, in talking about it, he says, they hear the word and they immediately, they receive the word with joy, right? Yet there is no root in himself. That's where the shallowness comes in. There's no ability for some depth. And it endures only for a little while, right? But what happens For when persecution or tribulation arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So the problem is, is that there's a shallowness there. So here's the thing. If you have rocks in the soil that you're trying to plant in, you don't need a rototiller or a jackhammer. You need almost like a gardening tool, right? Like a gardening pick. Where you're going on in there and, and you hit that thing and you got to get that thing out of there. Why? Because the problem is not that the seed can't get in and bear fruit. The problem is that you can't get roots down really deep. Now, let's just be honest. Where are you shallow? I'll be honest. We live in a shallow culture. Our culture has become exceedingly shallow. Now, it's unfortunate, of course, because we have a role model problem in our day and age. You know, and the reason we have a role model problem is in previous generations, everyone didn't have a video machine or a, a camera in their pocket at all times. And so you only knew about these heroes, but you only knew the stories that people told. And there was a time when the media wouldn't just look for every dumb thing that you did and, and put it out there. So there was a time when politicians were considered to be great role models. I know you all realize that that's not the case anymore. Right? So I don't have to tell you that. You know, and there was a time when athletes were considered to be role models, but now it's like, that's gone too. And because our culture realizes that there's no role models anymore, now you have all these people who are famous all over the news who you don't even know what they do. Like, why is, insert somebody who's famous, but you don't know why in there. There's a lot of them, right? And so our culture has chosen to accommodate a shallowness. And what goes on is the church sees this and buys into it as well. And then the church starts to try and make you really shallow. But they don't want you to bring your Bible to church because God forbid someone should be offended to open the Bible. I'm here to tell you, I'm always going to ask you to open the Bible. Why? Because if we don't ask you to open the Bible in church, you're not going to get asked to open the Bible anywhere else. And this is God's house. That's God's word. So we open the Bible. I had someone say to me, man, there's nothing more terrifying than when you say every Sunday, open your Bible. I'm like, well, it's the church. But you end up with superficial, shallow Christianity. Now, here's the thing. Let's just be honest. You got to ask yourself, where is there shallowness in your faith? Because the example here is someone, they hear the word, they get super excited, fruit gets born, and right as all of a sudden something goes on to challenge that faith, they walk away. And I'll be honest, I see we see this all the time. Someone comes in the crossroads, they get radically saved. You know, like they're in, they're broken, they're saying yes to Jesus, and then when the sweetie that broke their heart, which is why they came to church in the first place, comes back and says, oh man, you're not a Christian, are you? They're like, nope. And they walk away. Why? Shallowness there's no rootage there right it's like someone is struggling in the throes of addiction and they come they're like I need Jesus and they give their faith to Jesus and it's amazing and you watch them grow and then all of a sudden right as they go back to their friends and their friends are like man well, I, don't, I don't like the Christian version of you and then before you know it they don't walk with Jesus anymore why because it's shallow now here's what I want to tell you You swim in the shallow end before you swim in the deep end. So here's the thing, though. You don't want to stay in the shallow end.
0: As a new believer, you tend to stay in the shallow end of learning for a while. You take in all the information you can and are so joyful, but it's still new. Over time, you need to let what you know change you forever. Today, Pastor Daniel warned that if you don't allow Jesus to take you deeper into knowledge of his word, you might get uprooted by lies. The enemy doesn't want you to grow in Jesus, and he'll do all he can to prevent it. I want to thank you so much for listening to Jesus is Real program. And I realize that there are many of you, you're
1: not a born-again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer. That just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. So if that's you, if you're saying yes to Jesus for the very first time, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to know that you did it, though, because I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400, and my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Now, my team,
0: we want to share some stuff with you, so don't go anywhere. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. You know, the Bible says that when one person comes to Jesus, the angels in heaven rejoice and we rejoice with them today if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel. Again, to receive some resources that are going to help you in this new journey with Jesus, take out your mobile phone right now and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel shares a parable to encourage you to find the lost. This isn't an object or person who's physically not in the location they should be. This is people who don't yet know the perfect love of the Savior, those who don't yet have grace covering their lives. Are you willing to join Jesus in finding these people and changing their lives forever? Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.